the faithfulness of God. And what this means for us, probably is the faithfulness of God means that God won't fail us. Those that put their trust in him, he does not fail them because God is faithful. As we read in, in first, uh, second Timothy, second Timothy 2, 14, around there. Don't quote me on it. It's right around there. Is, is God saying, uh, God is faithful and, and he, cannot, he cannot deny himself. Right? So God is consistently faithful to his own nature day after day after day. Like Rocky was reading earlier, right? His faithfulness is new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O God. The wisdom of God is changeless. And consider this, God is all-wise and all-knowing, and therefore he cannot gain in knowledge. He is omniscient. And so God is not surprised as if something happens that would be expected, unexpected to him. So, in God being changeless in his wisdom and omniscient, meaning he knows everything, that's, that's part, as we, as we think about God and learn to praise him, we're praising God for knowing everything. Right? Nothing happens that God's like, wow, I didn't see that one coming. That doesn't happen with God. And God is changeless in his wisdom. See, if, if God could gain in understanding, that means God would change, right? And so part of his changelessness is that he, just, he doesn't, he, he doesn't, he's not able to gain or give up. God is. The love of God, one of the, uh, this is one of the simplest attributes of God that, that we, we think is being simple because we say it all the time, God is love. And what does that mean for us? Psalm Psalm 126, over and over again, says the love of God, the faithful love of God endures forever. And so it's something we can rely upon. The love of God endures forever. Uh, the grace of God, again, uh, in Exodus, when God's declaring himself, he says, The Lord, the God compassionate uh, and merciful, he is slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. So God is never, in his changelessness, He's never blinded by anger in the way. It's God's changeless in grace. It's never that he like, like we know people who will all of a sudden just like, they'll be, they'll be awesome and the next minute they'll just be blinded by rage. Right? And that doesn't happen to God. God is stable. And the power of God in Daniel, it says his dominion is an eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation all the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as he pleases with the powers of heaven and the people of earth. No one can hold back his hand and say to him, what have you done? So God is changeless in his power. He at all times is all powerful. So you guys should be really impressed by all that. <laughs> That's in Daniel 4. Yes. Okay, so this should help us. This should help us. The changeless nature of God should help us to trust God. That God doesn't ever get up on the wrong side of the bed and just decide to, to ax somebody. Right? Which is the way we can treat him sometimes. And, and so that's, this is, as we develop this understanding of who God is and who, what he is not, because of, of how he declares himself to be and how we understand him through this revelation of history. Um, 
that we can, we can say, God, these are your promises. This is who you are, and you're faithful to be that day after day after day. Um, but one of the reasons why this is, this is complicated for us and this is hard for us is because we do get up on the wrong side of the bed frequently. Um, I'm, I was listening to someone speak and they said, they said, you know, I've been married to... Well, they said, uh, my wife's been married to... Uh, how does he say it? He said, in the past 25 years, my wife has been married to five different men and they all were me. Right? So, <laughs> do you guys get that? So, so that is that is us, right? That if you, especially if you marry, if you're going into marriage with somebody, or you've been married with somebody, I'm sure you know that that you know you went into that thinking like they're just the sweetest person, <laughs> all right? Or or if you spend a lot of time with somebody and you're just like, man, they do no wrong, <laughs> right? We we do change and we change frequently. And you can know this if, man, maybe you are this person who orders at restaurants and takes forever, right? <laughs> and you sit there, and, and for like 17 minutes, you're going, oh, ah, man, the chicken looks so good, but I kind of feel like beef today. And then, and then when everyone gets their food, you're the one that's like, oh, I should have got that one. <laughs> right? <laughs> that, that is who we are. And so, as God declares in 1 Samuel fifteen twenty nine, He who is the glory of Israel will not lie, nor will he change his mind, for he is not human that he should change his mind. When we hear that, in, in some ways we understand that because we can imagine something um, being static, right? Like if... Say some, some, somebody's working on a, a pot, piece of pottery, and then you put it in the kiln, and all of a sudden that thing becomes stable, right? And you expect it just to, to be changeless. And so, so we can function on that level of something just like being, remaining the same. But then, then what we're asked for uh, to be in with God is a relationship. And that's hard for us because we have this immutable, changeless God who's then in relationship with changeable people. And so it makes it a lot harder to understand God being changeless because he has put himself in relationship with changing people. And, and you, you might be familiar with this uh, if, from your childhood, if you, you, know, you were ever promised to do something and it was this great event and then all of a sudden, you know, you, you broke a window or something, and then, then, like, then it's all off. Right? And so, so everything seems guaranteed, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> something happens. Maybe, maybe you got sick. Maybe it wasn't even anything bad. You just got sick, and then you couldn't go. Right? And so that's what it's like. With us and God, oftentimes we're like, okay, God is changeless and He's always loving. And then all of a sudden, we do something and, and we have this guilt because God is good. And, and we're not good. And so this changeless God, all of a sudden to us, because of, of our own conflict and our own confusion, the changelessness of God becomes something that seems so arbitrary and vague to us. And we see this in Hosea uh, 6, where 
this is familiar for, for you who've come a long time. We use this verse often. It's one of those verses in, that you read it and you're like, that just makes a lot of the Bible make sense. So Hosea 6.4. God is just saying, what will I do with you, O Israel? Your love is like the morning mist that appears and vanishes. What will I do with you? And that's, that's where we are. That's where we stand in relationship with God. One minute, we're, we're the people like raising our hands, just like, this is the best, ex- we're, you know, we're at a Chris Tomlin concert, and we're just like, I'm the closest to God of anyone in the whole world. And, and then you go back home, and you're lonely. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you're the furthest away than anyone else in the whole world. Right? <laughs> What will I do with you? Your love is like the morning mist that appears and then vanishes. We're changing people. James 4, 13 through 16 uh, is very, very similar to that. And, uh, and this is what it says. It says, Look here, you say, Today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make profit. How do you know? What your life will be like tomorrow. Your life is like a fog that is only here for a little while and then it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Right? So, so our, our lives themselves are so <laughs> transient, so malleable, so changing. So then how do we understand God uh, in relationship to that, Psalm 90 says, Lord, teach us to number our days to walk wisely. Right? T- teach us that, that we aren't forever. Right? That this life only has, you know, it, you know, maybe if you make it in the Guinness Book of World Records, 113 years. Uh, but if not, you're looking at 70. Teach us to number our days so we gain wisdom from that. Right? Because... Uh, even in the, the span of those years, right, you go from, from not even, from, you know, exiting the womb to everything being incredible and like, wow, to, to you <laughs> exiting the world again. And, and if you've made it that far, you know, you're, you're getting older, your body's breaking down, there's change happening. And so there's this huge scope there. Um, and then even on a very personal level, if you look at Peter's denial, right, um, Peter, who's walked with Jesus, and he's, we see him as this really strong figure, right? Really ready to take the, just charge into battle. Now, that's Peter. And he says, even if everyone else falls away, I will not fall away. And I know, I know there's been times in probably your life where that has been where you're at. You're like, from now on, now it'll heaven. This is just from strength to strength, right? You're like, I'm just, whoo! And then, and you're like, even if everyone else falls away, I am, oh man, I will not fall away. And what happened to Peter? He fell away. And so that, we can often be in that, that point too, where, where one moment we'll feel so, so close, and then the next moment we will not. So it seems like in all the areas that we talked about, uh, eternalness, faithfulness, love, all these things that God is and God is so good at, we're not. And so, um, and so we learn, we grow. Um, that's something about us we can really we can change in that way. But we can change for the better, right? 
We can learn things. If you've ever... <laughs> Aaron and I were chatting about this last night. Uh, <laughs> both of us had a relationship for a while with, with different girls. And, and after that, we were talking last night how you... Um, after a few years, you're like, man, I just, I've learned so much after that about communication. You know, I just feel like I'm so much better at it now. And then, and then you get into another relationship, and you're like, oh, gosh. I just have a lot more to learn. <laughs> right? You make this big step, and you're like, I'm just way more loving than I used to be. And you're like, I used to not be very loving at all then. Right? <laughs> because we still just lack compassion on a day-to-day basis, or, or do those things that seem so basic, right? Computers keep getting smaller and smaller, right? Things change. Um, if we think about power, I mean, you'll, you'll learn about the change in that if you've tried working out one day as hard as you can. In the next three days, you're changing, because you're like, oh, that hurts. Right? So that's part of just our nature, and so, um, I'm going to discuss two things really quick um, that, that I, just, I don't want these to limit your understanding of God. So we, we begin to see God and worship Him for who He is eternally. Um, and oftentimes that's limited because of, of two things. And, and the first is building up a cultural theology. Um, and that is um, dis- distinct to every age, every generation, every culture... Um, we sh- we're going to share a certain blindness, <laughs> right? Um, I think perhaps my generation, it is this, this uh, blindness of how hard things really, uh, how hard it, it is to really gain true understanding of things, right? We want everything to be in 120 characters or less so we can tweet them. Or, you know, like there's this, there's this sense of, of um, well, if it's truth, it has to be very simple. And so, um, Ecclesiastes deals with this when it says, Generations come and generation goes, but the earth never changes. The sun rises, the sun sets, then hurries to rise again. The wind blows south and then turns north, and around it goes, blowing in circles. Everything is wearisome beyond description. No matter how much we see, we are never satisfied. History merely repeats itself. It has all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. Sometimes people say, here's something new. But actually, it is old. Nothing is ever truly new. And so, this, this idea that our, our culture, we will think of something new about God. Um, and that, that can really limit our understanding of who God is because we're, we're looking for something new. To be like, Okay, finally, you know, when I saw that Jesus is my homeboy t-shirt, I really got it, you know? I really learned that I could be, just boom, buddy-buddy with Jesus, right? So, as we try to describe him in every new generation, some of those things might be helpful, but God is changeless, so don't become a victim of the way your culture sees God. Do you guys get that? Because your, your culture will preach, try to preach a new gospel, to you. It will try to give you something new and be like, yeah, those, and they'll make fun of the Puritans. You know, everyone makes fun of the Puritans. Puritans were pretty awesome. Right? You can learn a lot if you read some of their writings. 
And so I really encourage, it, sometimes it helps us see our cultural blindness when we read the writings of other generations, right? Who lived at another time and they had their own blind spots, right? But don't fall victim to the blindness of your culture. The way your culture will accuse God and be like, well, God would never do this, right? And we move away from the Bible and we, we begin building this idea because we all agree, Right? We could all agree about something wrong. Right? So we need to go back to the scripture and be like, well, what is true? What is true about God? What is unchanging? And that is what I'm going to build my life upon because that is everlasting. Right? And so learn to build your house there. Right? On, on the faithfulness of God, the eternal character of God. God is God's love, God's grace, His faithfulness that's new every morning. Build your house more, every morning there on the faithfulness of God. And, and you will be satisfied. Right? If you build on the best ideas of your culture, you'll be disappointed. Right? If you read every blog that's out there, you'll be disappointed and severely confused. Okay? So God is changeless. And go to, go to Him. God goes beyond our symbols, and this is part of it. Um, I was reading something that it was really great. It was saying how, how oftentimes we can make certain things symbols of God, and I think oftentimes we can make morality a symbol of God. Um, and, and because of that, oftentimes now people, you know, you can, you can discard... Uh, rather than sending your kids to Sunday school, just send them to Boys and Girls Club, or, or uh, which, which they have a good program. I'm not saying anything bad about their program, but you know, like we'll just send them to somewhere where they also teach moral teachings. So we're just like morality is the symbol. So if you're a good person, then then you must be tied with God, right? So beware of what we make as a symbol of God, because. Anytime we make something a symbol of God or, or even just a part of our system, God will never be a function of your system. So your theology itself will always, in some ways, limit God. Because we're always learning. We are being changed increasingly into His image and learning more about Him. So if you're ever like, well, I just got it. I got this God thing. Right? No, God will never be just a function of your belief. God is eternal and unchanging, and ultimately we, our faith is resting in Him. Because if faith ever becomes something separate from Him, you know, like, and people use it like its own distinct word. Like, like I have faith. Well, faith in what? Like, do you have faith? Well, faith where? Faith in whom? Right? So it's important. What are we putting our faith in? So faith itself can be this symbol, right? Belief can be a symbol, and we use it in our culture like that. Um, so the, the key is letting God communicate himself to you and then trusting what he's saying to you. Because if it's just like what you can create and say about God, those symbols will always be inadequate, right? It could be a cross around your neck that you wear. Is that a perfect representation of God? It's not. So what is... Because those things, they have so much to do with our own ideas that they're changing and they're changeable. So as we go to the scripture and we learn to have a relationship with God himself, 
and the changeless God of the universe. That is something that we can rely upon, right? It's not, it's, uh, faith isn't this, this uh, chair you sit on, but it's someone, it's, it's the, that thing that you put your ultimate trust in. Do you trust him? And what do you trust about him? Do you trust things about him that are changing because it's relied upon yourself? Or do you actually trust just God himself who's speaking words to you and desiring to have a relationship with you? Um, I, I know that second one was probably a little vague, and, and I'll, I'll give you an example of it. And this is Romans 7. And I think this is really helpful. Cause, and, and it's been helpful for me a lot. Romans 7 um, in the, the end of that chapter, if you're in uh, this Bible that we passed out, it's 862, uh, 7 verse 14. It says, So the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human and a slave to sin. Isn't that helpful? I am all too human. I don't really understand myself for what I what I want to for I want to do what is right but I don't do it instead I do what I hate but if I know what I'm doing is wrong this shows that I agree that the law is good so I'm not the one doing wrong it is the sin living in me that does it and I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature I want to do what is right but I can't I want to do what is good but I don't I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing it. It is the sin living in me. We're going to skip down to 14. It says, Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is Jesus Christ our Lord. And so this is, this is that changing nature that we have, this experience that we have that is, can be so frustrating what I want to do, I don't do. What I don't want to do, I do. Right? That changing quality. Who will save me from this? Who will rescue me from me? Thanks be to God. Right? Because He will rescue me from that. So a relationship is possible with God through His unchangeable promises. Um, listen to this. I'm going to read you from Isaiah 59. And just listen. This is, this is incredible, the way it describes it to us. It says, Listen, the, ar- the Lord's arm is not too weak to save you, nor is his ear too deaf to hear you call. It is your sin that has cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned away and will not, will not listen anymore. Your hands are the hands of murderers, and your fingers are filthy with sin. Your lips are full of lies, and your mouth spews corruption. And so this is interesting. So, oftentimes, in our cha- since God unchangeable is in relationship with us who are changing, we accuse Him of changing. So we're like, well, because you say this, but you don't do it. And it says, listen, the arm, Lord, the, the arm of the Lord is not too weak to save you, nor is his ear deaf so he can't listen to you. But your sins have separated you from God. It's cut you off. So, so when, we, uh, 
when we're acting in sinful ways, God remains unchanging, but we just go, we just withdraw and pull back. And we just, we remain in this changing nature, and then we just throw accusations at him. And says, there is no justice among us. We know nothing about right living. We look for light, but only find darkness. We look for bright skies, but walk in gloom. For our sins are piled up before God and testify against us. Yes, we know what sinners we are, but we know we, we know we have rebelled and have denied the Lord. We have turned our backs on our God. We know how unfair and oppressive we have been, carefully planning our deceitful lies. And then this is the response. It says, The Lord looked and was displeased to find no justice. He was amazed to see that no one intervened to help the oppressed. So he himself stepped in to save them with his strong arm and justice that sustained him. He put on righteousness as his body. And this is cool as you think of Jesus coming in the flesh, God coming in the flesh. It says he put on righteousness as his body armor and placed the helmet of salvation on his head. He clothed himself with a robe of vengeance and wrapped himself with a cloak of divine passion. In the West, people will respect the name of the Lord. In the East, they will glorify him, for he will come like a raging flood tide, driven by the breath of the Lord. And this is how it ends. It says, The Redeemer will come to Jerusalem to buy back those in Israel who have turned from their sins, says the Lord. Right, so, <laughs> the first is reality. The arm of the Lord isn't too short to save. It's not too short to save. But his sins have separated you. And then it says, But then he saw you. And he saw that there was no one to intervene. Isaiah, uh, it says earlier than that, it says, We all like sheep have gone astray, but the Lord has laid the sins of us on him. And so it's this, this dual picture of something that is, is lost and then home. right? Of, we all like sheep have gone astray. This cha- if you think of a sheep straying, it's a very changing thing. It's just like, duh, 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 I don't even know where I'm going. Right? Might as well just walk off the cliff. Right? That, that, that is a sheep straying. We all, like sheep, have gone astray, changing again and again, wondering where is truth, where is up, where is down, who is God? Right? We've strayed. It says, but God has laid upon him the sin of us all. This unchanging, constant God has taken the hurt and the harm of that straying, right? Of that changing. And he's put it on him. It says, the Redeemer will come to Jerusalem to buy back Israel who have turned from their sins. Um, This this will really solidify it for you. In Hebrews 6, 13 through 20, um, it talks about a covenant that was made with, uh, with Abraham, a promise. Hebrews 6, 13 through 20, it says, For example, there was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name, saying, I will certainly bless you and will multiply your descendants beyond number. Then Abraham waited patiently and received what God had promised. Okay, this is, this is awesome. This is what seals the deal for us understanding how we can be in relationship with a God who doesn't change. It says, now when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. 
And without any question, that oath is binding. God also bound himself to an oath so that those who receive the promise would be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath. That these two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we have fled to him for refuge. We who fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into the inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone there for us. So what happened as we were changing and we remained changing? It says, so God himself made an oath with who? With himself. (laughs) Because if he made it with you, you would have broken it. Right? So what did he do? He says, I am promising. I'm promising to you, making this oath to myself, that I will call people. And it says, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls, and it leads us through the curtain to the inner sanctuary, where Jesus himself is gone. So this is the amazing thing about how we can have a relationship with God. Um, and even where we find ourselves then after that. Um, as a child of God, listen to this, I wrote, when we find our identity in him as children of God, then we gain permanency. So then when we find ourselves in a relationship with God, then we can partake in that changeless nature of who he is. Because, because then as he adopts us as children, you're part of his family. Right? And so you're partaking in this, this changeless God's family. And so his, his love towards you and his actions towards you and his thoughts towards you are as a, a father who loves a son or loves a daughter. And that is your place. So as he's done this work, swearing by himself so it won't change, that's an anchor for our souls. Like it says here, right? So you put your trust there in this God who doesn't change and he'll just he'll hold you and he's, he's your God and you're his people. And he wants you to partake in that changeless nature. And so to no longer see yourself as being apart from him. So to not wrestle every morning you wake up with, well, do, am I still a part of the kingdom of God? Am I still a part of his family? But so every morning you wake up, you can say, I'm a child of God. I am, that's my identity. I need to claim that identity because that's not going to change. Right? If that's still, a, is, is that still a, an option in your head of that changing, <laughs> your thinking needs to change. Right? So if you keep wrestling with this, 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 um, because because our emotions are are constantly changing, right? They are. But your trust in God doesn't need to change, right? As He will be and is there for you day after day after day, for all eternity. There's a story in in the Bible which will help us know what to do and how to apply this. Um, and it's in the Sermon on the Mount. And, and you, many of you are familiar with this. There's a story of the man who built his house on the rock. The man who built his house on the sand. 
If you, if you constantly, daily, try to build your house on your emotional stability, you will be building your house in the sand. But if every day you're building upon God's faithfulness, which is new every morning and new for you, who have, who have come to know Him as your Savior and your Redeemer, right? one who rescues you from your own changing heart, that will be something that is strong and firm to build upon. And that's how we can, we can understand and claim and partake in this changeless nature of God. Right? When you stop building upon, well, how do I feel today? But you increasingly build more and more upon the truth of God that isn't changing anytime soon. Right? It isn't changing at all. <laughs> Sometimes, this might be weird, sometimes you need to stop listening to yourself. Right? Paul got to the point where he says, because even if I condemn myself, I have one who stands on my defense, and that's Jesus Christ. Right? Because there will be days that I condemn myself. But there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Ever. God's not going to change and start condemning his children. Right, so those that have found refuge in him from their sin have an anchor for their soul that is firm every day. Right, so, so I need to, you need, we need to learn <laughs> to trust that. So build your house upon the rock that is God's changelessness, His faithfulness, His love, His grace for you, who through Christ and Jesus have become part of His family. And that's how it just becomes a matter of praise for us. And so, so then, like the song said, there's a song that has been sung by the saints that have come. Right? And we're just singing the glory of God because there's those who have come before and they've learned to claim that. It's this this group of people, right? And so we just become partakers in that together, celebrating God who was, is, and is to come. So I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll sing some more. Oh, Father... God, I, I pray um, that we can be still and know that you're God. Um, that, that know that, that not our greatest thoughts of you is what's true, but you are true eternally. And you call us just to partake in that. God, I, I pray that as it says in Second Corinthians Three that will be increasingly just transformed into the image of God. I pray, God, that this will be just a means of, of praise for everyone here. Um, not only today, but every day they live. Um, we'll, we'll dwell on this together and learn to hear your voice. 
see you clearly and not be deceived by the, the change of cultures or the next new thing. But every day, fall deeper and deeper in love with you um, as your love for us is um, and will remain true. God, just help us worship you. Because we do change, God. And I, honestly, as I, I preach this, God, it just scares me. Because I know myself. Uh, so God, please strengthen us. I thank you for your people here. God, your love endures forever, and we praise you for that. In your name, amen.